If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the PSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. All right, I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and joining me for this first segment of this episode of the podcast is our good friend, Manny Rondawa of MLB.com, StatCast. You know the drill. You know the stuff Manny is uh, good at and uh, been on the pod several times. I I figured this time we might get into some of the more specific things we like to debate. We had a a very healthy debate, I felt like, last time over just what makes a good all-star, talking about some of the Rockies in general. Um, But I did want to get your take on this team because there's a spectrum right now. Uh, There's a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions. Uh, They're in a weird spot after making the postseason two years in a row. Obviously a huge down year right now. Very disappointing for everyone involved. Jeff Breidich didn't make a ton of moves or really any significant moves at the deadline and, and said he believes in the core. And so now there seems to be this spectrum between the people saying like blow it all up and the people saying hey the yeah the the record looks bad but a couple of marginal changes and this team can get right back to being a 90 win team i'm closer to that end obviously um but i i want to get your take on this because i would imagine that you occupy maybe a a unique space on this spectrum yeah thanks for having me on as always drew um i this has been a, a discussion uh Obviously, that we've had in this in the press box and just you know just talking, um, uh, you and I and also other people in the, in, in here. Um, it's I think you you hit it on the head when when you said it's a unique 
um, situ- a weird situation that they're in right now. Yeah. They are in a weird situation. And um, unfortunately, uh, from my vantage point, I think they're in a situation that is very difficult to extricate themselves from. Um, the, the problem is twofold. Number one, you have some large contracts on the books with guys who are aging and guys who are not um, – not not only not only not in, not only not in their prime years anymore, um, but also you know yeah not producing and um, you you got several years left on their on their contracts, um, particularly Charlie Charlie Blackman. Now the not producing part doesn't really work for you know I'm not saying that he didn't produce this year. His home road splits are what they are. They're they're very they're 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 stark, um, but defensively um, he's breaking down out there in right, right field, right. Um, and I don't think that the, the Rockies you know could foresee before that before the season when they got when they when they acquired Murphy to play first and move Charlie to right that Charlie would be this um, have this much of a, t- a difficulty out there yeah um, Ian Desmond it has hit but um, you know it, it didn't go according to plan in terms of his positional flexibility because really he's a left fielder now right there's not really anywhere else to put him um, so you, you put $70 million there. You know, I love Ian Desmond, but I don't think he's a $70 million guy. never was. No. And with that comes unfair expectations, but expectations nonetheless, and he hasn't lived up to them. This year he had a, he's had a good year um, compared with the last couple, but defensively he's kind of stuck out there and left. So that didn't really work. You have these contracts on the books. You've also put you know, $100 million into three relievers, um, and that's been, that's been kind of hit and miss there. Um, no pun intended. I guess pun intended. <laughs> hit, hit, hit and miss with those three more guys. More hit than miss. More hit than miss. Uh, exactly. And um, and then the the other part of this twofold problem is their farm system. Um, you know, it's it's in the bottom third. You know, among farm systems in baseball, um, they the, the they're it's weighted down toward. It's kind of bottom heavy, where you got you, your talent is more kind of guys you recently drafted that you're hoping to develop. Versus guys that are major league ready. I'm not talking about Brandon Rogers. I'm talking about um, just having several guys that can, um, or a good group of players that can come out. Kind of like what Kyle Freeland and Herman uh, Marquez did, you know. Right. And they kind of both came up and became this one-two punch up before this season. You could see it happening for a long time, and it still could. Um, but those two factors combined, I think, make this a very difficult situation for Jeff Brodich and company to try to. Um, maneuver their way out of to make this team um, more than a mediocre club. And the other the other problem is you're in the NL West and the Dodgers don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, the who? I'm sorry, I've yeah. never heard of the, the what now? <laughs> right. Uh, right, right. So those, and, and I totally concede that all of those are issues. I do want to push back on one thing. I've seen this on uh, going around on Twitter, so it's just perfectly timely right now. This, Technically speaking, I, I do not argue, and I will say um, – all the love in the world for the work done by MLB Pipeline, and I use it just like anybody when I say so-and-so is the fifth-rated prospect in the Rockies system. I I do, but it's also worth remembering that Charlie Blackman was never a top-rated prospect in the Rockies, and and, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of guys that... uh, Rymal Tapia was never super highly rated. Ryan McMahon was never really considered a top 100 I think there are a lot of players around baseball that are guys who come up that you weren't necessarily... You didn't know this was coming. You right. know what I mean? Tapia has always had the elite speed, right? Blackman, it took some time for him to blossom, right, at the major league level. Right. Uh, partly because he was hit, hurt so much. 
Blackman's a unique case. And so I think that um, there's, there's it, it always goes back to this. There's projections and there's results. When you project a guy and he, and he exceeds that projection and you didn't see it coming, I don't think it necessarily makes the projection bad. It's just that he was better than you thought he was. Right. You know? and, and I do think that there are a lot of great candidates because some of this is because I've gotten to know them and some of it is just literally look at what they've continued to do. Uh, they're good candidates for that. Uh, yeah. We're seeing one sure. right now with Dom Nunez out there catching today. Yeah. He's yeah. a guy who, I mean, and the Rockies even, he was he could have been taken in the Rule 5 draft this mm-hmm. year by anybody. Right. Anybody could have had sure, this Sure, he kid. was out there. He was so, unprotected. And I think he's going to outlast everyone's projections. Those are the ones you look back on and say, boy, what could have been a, r- a lot different if he had yeah. gotten picked up, right? Uh, Sam Hilliard's another yeah. guy out there in the system, not he's, a top-rated prospect. But he's hitting. But, but he's hidden, yeah, and, he, and he always has. And yeah. he's an, an extraordinary athlete that's right. and, and a smart kid. And that's where, you know, you, if you're a Rockies fan, you hope the Rockies are savvy in that they saw something others didn't in these guys, and now it's starting to bear, you know, bear fruit. Um, nevertheless, uh, you know, other than maybe two or three guys that we've, we've mentioned, um, you know, I don't see anybody that can immediately make an impact on this team going in the next couple of years, you know, besides Brandon Rogers, maybe Sam Hilliard. Um, Welker, Castellani, Welker. Welker. Um, so, you know, let's just say, I guess we can put it this way. There's the first thing you look at when you see a team that's, that's going to end up with about 88 losses or 92 losses or whatever this year um, is what's down in the pipeline. And it's not super enthusiastic. Right. Let's put it that way. And, and I totally agree with that. But the other major point of pushback that I have on that is, and I, I think this is built into what Jeff Breidich has said and what was always going to be the case one way or the other for this team is that they're very young at the major league level. So, yes, it's true that the help yes, isn't going to come from AAA, but they got a That's lot of That's what they're going to have to hope for. Kyle Freeland uh, gets back on track, which I think he will. Maybe not. He may, may not. He may not have another 2018 in him, but he definitely will be better than what he is now, and I think he'll be a right. good pit. He's going to be good. Right. Marcus is Marcus. He's the best, he's best starter on the team. Right. Um, John Gray has been the best results-wise, but Marcus is the best. And John Gray is still 27 years old. Exactly. So I've always, you know, I've, I've always said that, that um, I always, you know, this year have said that you can build around that core of starting pitchers, um, and you've got two superstars on the left side of your infield. There are the makings of a very good team here. It's just the rest of it that is right. going to be tough to untangle or, or unwind what's happened so right. far. You know? and, and I think for me that's one of the reasons why the, the conversation around the youth on this team is so fascinating because while some people see, oh, they're not going to get any help from AAA, I see all of the, these group of guys, a lot of whom are here. I'll, I'll include Peter Lambert in this category, mm-hmm. but also guys like Jairo Diaz, Carlos Estevez. Sure. Uh, Estevez has been Monte. very good. Late, yeah. Uh, Asus Tinoco. Mm-hmm. And these are guys who I think, like, yes, it's going to take improvement from people who are already on the team. And that's, I think, harder sometimes for fans and even analysts to understand. It's easier to go, well, if you get a guy who's better, you'll be better. As right. opposed to if the guy you already have gets better. Exactly. Um, you know, you, don't, you generally don't, yeah. I mean, guys who you have a little bit of um, data on when you look at what they've done, um, you know, you can say, you have you have you have a lens. You have a, a a point from which you can say, "All right, this this guy produced this way. He's capable of it. He's not doing it now." Um, you one you, you have that, but at the same time, you wonder if he's going to come if he's going to get it back. With Kyle Freeland, it's, it's the small sample's too small. He's, he's yeah. young. It's only been three years. Um, and but with with guys who you see that are exciting and young, it's just a general thought process. Like this guy is fresh. He's young. He's coming up. 
He's new. He is not someone who there's a tendency to have bias against guys who are already up because you've seen their ups and downs versus a guy who's just coming up and you're, all you see is up. Right. Up, you know, where right. there will be downs later. That's why it's hard right now, for example, to convince anybody. So, so they talk about the weak Rockies farm system, but Brendan Rodgers is one of the most exciting prospects in all of baseball. Yeah, him and Welker. I mean, they're the, they're the two prospects that the Rockies have, at least according to Pipeline, that uh, are the, in the top 100 right. in baseball that the Rockies have. So if Brendan Rodgers emerges and really becomes a factor next year at second base, and that allows McMahon to slide over to limit some of this, those are the things that it only yeah. takes one guy sometimes. McMahon, that's what's funny. See, the best thing is McMahon – McMahon has, has been a bright spot, especially over late. He's got 17 home runs now. He hit, he's hit, I think, five in the last four games. He's hit yeah. home runs in the last three games in a row. He has the prettiest swing on the team, I think. Yeah. This is a guy that, you know, and he's a great personality. I mean, this is a guy that you can see as being – he's the face of a franchise-type guy. Right. Um, obviously, that's Nolan Arenado right now. Um, but, you know – Even that's different. Th- we, it's a, it's we, a little bit different because Nolan, Nolan, Nolan is, 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 is quiet, right? Yeah. He's, 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 he's understated. He's quiet. Same with Trevor. But this guy, um, you know, when we talk about McMahon, he's got, he's got everything that he needs to be a, a star player in, in Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, if you can get Rodgers up, you can move McMahon, maybe to first base if you trade Murphy. Um, you know, and, and McMahon can play different positions. That's what's good about him. Um, that is the one guy I think that it's panned out as far as, like, we wanted him to be positionally flexible and he can be that for us, where it hasn't panned out for, like, Desmond and right. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are things that can happen, and I think it always comes back to the, which is, has always been the, the disconnect, um, where, you know, I think that there, there's polarization. You know, whether you go for projections or you go for re- results, you have to be on one side or the other, it seems like, but you don't. Projections are based on information that we have, um, and for young and for young players, don't have much. And results can be often be far far from projections. Kind of like what the Rockies did last year, winning 91 games, right. and uh, you know tying for the uh, for the NL West lead on the on the last day of the regular season. But that doesn't make projections invalid because you, you're still teams all use projections just like we do as you know analyzing it from the outside as media. Um, because they want to know what they're going to be up against in terms of their competition. They want to know what they might be able to expect from, their, from these guys in, in the following year. Um, the thing about it is is that we just don't know with guys who we don't have much of a, a sample on. And Brandon Rogers, it could go, he, could, he could light up the league next year. I mean, he could, he could set this place on fire next year. Right. Um, he could be story you know, in his rookie year. You don't right. know. Or he can just have a real hard time. There's so many factors involved with guys coming up. So um, if he does, then great. Then, you know, my more pessimistic view of this is going to lighten because, you know, that unknown of how he's going to perform. I know the talent level. So how he's going to perform in a full, full season as a rookie. Right. Um, that will obviously change. But from, from a projection point of view, from what they have on paper right now, I don't see it getting much better at this point. Yeah. Probably, it will be, I think it will be better than this. What this 15 and 37 or whatever they've been in the last – Right. Six weeks. They're, they're not that. Um, no, it's not. So, yeah, Spilly, Spilly just showed something. <laughs> Apparently that's hilarious. And Sully, Some good Sull- stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, Corey there. Sullivan is, uh, is, is enjoying it. Um, <laughs> whatever it is. We'll see what it is later. But, um, but that's, the, that's, the disc- that's the thing. On paper, the projections, you see what you see. You make your, your, your projection, what you look at next year, and I think it's going to be mediocre. Um, if guys who you don't expect to necessarily give something to you, 
give something to you that's very good, like like you said, like, uh, Rogers, and then McMahon will be better. Then yeah, then you can start changing that that outlook. I think. Yeah, and 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 I fully expect the projections to sour on the Rockies next year, and then I fully expect them to outperform those just <laughs> as I did last year. Because, right. and I don't think, by the way, that the other side of that. I'm I'm all I'm all for the projections. I think the part where I get frustrated is then when someone out or underperforms them, and somebody goes, "Oh, they got lucky," or they got unlucky. Yeah, and like so that's a, that's a whole other element of like, no, there yeah, were just some missing pieces. It, it, that's another sample size know. issue because it depends on who it is. Now, if if you if you put together three or four of those seasons, well, even two or three of those seasons, it's not a fluke. Hmm. You know, then you have enough of a sample to say this is the real deal. This is not something like Tony Walters will be considered a fluke this year that's what's going to happen if, yeah um because his expected batting average is so much lower because he doesn't make hard contact um obviously you know jeff salazar and everybody has been working have been working with him on a unique approach with thomas harding wrote about which is very interesting they're thinking outside the box look his you know when he hits the ball hard the launch angle is not high so he's not gonna hit homers so we're trying to focus on not necessarily doing that we're focusing on get your base hits where you can get them right and so far if if, if that's what they're trying to do you know, some of this is luck because some of it's balls falling in where they normally wouldn't. But some of it is also that, I think. I think it's working to some degree. So, But as far as stats or advanced metrics are concerned, one year that's not going to change someone's opinion of, of Tony Walters. Well, and that, that's a great example, too, because you can even cross-apply it to the team. If Tony Walters does it again next year, mm-hmm. then even some of the staff people start to go, okay. Exactly. This, this is the, and, and I think if the team wins 88 if, if games the Rockies, next year. If the Rockies did this again this year. If the Rockies went and made the playoffs again this year, that's three in a row. It's undeniable that they have consistently reached that point. Right. And so you, I mean, even next year. You know, let's say they do yeah. it next year. They sure. go 2020, then that's three out of four yeah. years. All of a sudden, this 2019 season is the weird statistical aberration. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's a feeling, and I know you don't hold this view, but there's, I think there's a there's a feeling. I don't speak for the fans. I'm not a Rockies fan. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking for Rockies Twitter. <laughs> I'm not speaking for the, the fan base, but I think there's a feeling that this team has always been less than we thought. And now, and now it's starting to, sh- the cracks are showing. Right. Um, and, and, a, and a part of that was Desmond, the Desmond signing. A part of that was, um, you know, you scratch, I scratched my head when they signed Blackman to an extension. I don't know if that was signaling Nolan that we want Nolan, you know, give him a reason to, another reason to stay um, or what, but, Taking him into his age 35 or 36 season when, when that contract is going to be up and paying him $100 million um, that maybe could have been used elsewhere to, to be younger and to be a little more versatile, a little more agile, um, you could never have foreseen this quick of a breakdown in terms of you know, what's happened defensively. But some of that might be injury, you know? We don't know. Right. Some of that might be injury that he's playing through, and maybe he'll be better next year in that sense. But, you know, it's, now it's two years in a row because last year he had a lot of trouble in center. He's having a lot of trouble in right. Um, the Desmond, Blackman, if you take those off out of the picture, those two guys out of the picture, and you've got the young, young talent that you have coming up with Rodgers and maybe two, a little later Welker and with McMahon, what he's been doing and what he can do. Tapia is hard to say. He's, he goes super hot and super cold. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you take Desmond, you take uh, Charlie as much of a fan favorite as he is and I'm great, as great a guy as Ian is. I love, I love talking to him. He's a great guy. But on the field, that's a different thing. You take those two guys out of the picture and, 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 and you have that uh, – room um, financially and on the roster to do something else 
And that starts changing, I think, the statistical projections and statistical point of view because you're a little more aggressive in the offseason than Daniel Murphy in that case, and you're a little more aggressive at the trade deadline. Um, not saying they haven't been before. I think Lucroy and uh, the, the moves they made for Lucroy and um, and and O and, and those guys was and Nishek, those right. were good moves. Right. They helped. Um, but I think the aggressiveness in terms of going for something that is more, um, this guy's not. 35 or older and this guy is going to contribute um we're going to want this guy to contribute for the next three years instead of half a season or one season um those those are possible those are opened up if you don't have guys like desmond i think and and charlie on the books for as long as you do so and and i'll concede that all of i think all of that is true but you also said something right there near the beginning that i think is also true which is that a lot of that analysis of well, this team was never as good as they looked in 2018 and 2017. Does come from people doubling down on analysis that looked really bad in 2017 and 2018, mm-hmm. and it's gonna look better now. Saying that the Rockies were fundamentally flawed when they're only gonna yeah. win 70 something games as yeah. opposed to when they win 91. And I, for me, it's just I fundamentally do not believe that yeah. a bad baseball team can win 91 games. Yeah. Well, um, it's just here's the thing. There's been so much sub-replacement level play from this team outside of its stars. Right. Which has always been the case throughout their history. Yeah, the the supporting cast is the reason why those projections are what they are. Right. Because coming into the – you know, entering the season – entering last season, you don't expect Gerardo Parra to be a star. You don't expect Cargo anymore to be a star. Um, So that's last year. This year, you know, they are guys that can do those things. They ha- obviously have shown they've, they've been able to have those stretches in their careers and they've been able to do those things, especially Cargo. He's a, he was a superstar. But with projections, it's like what can you reasonably count on happening versus not reasonably count on happening. And the supporting cast, I, I give a lot of credit to Dan Zimborski. I know Rocky's Twitter likes to hate on Dan. I was say, I, good I, luck with that yeah, one. But Dan had a really interesting article about a month ago that showed the sub-replacement level play, right. how much of it that the Rockies have had over the last three years, negative uh, 17.3 war worth of it. Mm. There's only one team that was worse, and that was the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. You don't want to be the you don't, you, you don't want to be down with the Orioles. In but that's all. But again, this has always been the case throughout their history, even in years well, when the Rockies but also, have won that's, 90-something that's one thing games. That doesn't, that doesn't, also, that doesn't excuse it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not saying. I think I'm it says saying, something about the statistics and what WRC plus. I, think I do it, not believe that Ian Desmond is a negative 1.5 WAR player I, this I year. Think, I'm, I'm sorry, that's yeah, just I, not. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying that. You know, WRC plus and, and WAR may certainly be skewed against the Rockies because of the difficulty of measuring just how much is gained, and then especially how much is lost when you leave here. Yeah, that's so I'm the, with you the, on that. Yeah. Nevertheless, again, it's a matter of degree. If you believe that WRC plus war, those, those figures are so skewed that they will take a team from the middle of the pack all the way down to where the Orioles are for three years in terms of the supporting cast and what level of the play they've given, then I'll disagree with you on that. As far as, yeah, maybe they, maybe they are being short-shrifted here, I, I, I can see that, especially given the fact of the way WRC plus is created, as you've mentioned many times. Yeah. Um, in term, you know, 
that's the best math they can do right now until they dig a lot deeper into this and start, start being very, very, very minute about how they do it, which is a, which is a noble effort. I, I think it's, a, it's something that ought to be worked on and done so that we get more accurate projections and more accurate results from va value of players right. who play here. Right. There's absolutely no doubt that throughout the 27 seasons of Rockies history, the Rockies have suffered from where they play. That's just a fact. That's altitude. That's leaving altitude. Um, you can go through all the personnel, and you will not find a team in Rockies history that really hit well on the road. Last year was the first year they won 41, ga or 41 games on the road, right? Right, right. right. So, so we're at 500 or better on the road. That yep. tells you something. The pitching is usually a little better on the road, right. but the hitting is gone. It's dormant. It's yeah. non-existent. And the reason is got to be external to the personnel right if it's happening to every generation right. of players it's clearly the environment and so that's there okay that's always in the background but at some point you got to put it down and you got to say you know we're trying to figure this out the things we've not have done have not worked and we got to pivot and it's going to be hard to do and this is where they are this is this off season and next year next season will be crucial to this team for the future right even if they don't, if they don't do much next season, right? Because the direction of this team, and that's why you you, you said a lot of people are like vacillating between, you know, uh, two sides: blow it up or retool. And let's let's try to keep this going. Um, I tend to think that retooling at this point won't get you far. And so, the, but the question is, how do you unwind to the point where rebuilding is also a good idea? That's that's not easy either. They're in a they're in a stu they're stuck between a rock You'd and a hard place. You'd have to start by trading Nolan Arenado, and that's why I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It it just yeah, doesn't well, make sense to go. To me, it just doesn't make sense to have back to back postseason years, have one down year, and say we're bailing on the whole that's, thing. That's going to depend on next year. That's why next year is crucial. Because right. Next year we're going to see. Okay, was this an anomaly or an aberration, or was is this something? Is this what we? Is this closer to what we are? And, and then the, the final thing that I would suggest that there's only a couple of possible outcomes here. Either WRC Plus and more are really undercutting those guys, or that's correct. And if that is correct, then I submit to you this. The Colorado Rockies won 87 and then 91 games, made back-to-back postseasons, and then won a wild card game in Wrigley against the best pitcher in postseason history with a team that was, according to the statistics, incredibly fundamentally flawed being held up entirely by its core if that's the case then trevor story nolan arenado and charlie blackman are the best players in all of baseball then nolan arenado should have won an mvp by now and bud black should have been manager of the year if it is the case that even in these years when they were making the postseason that their supporting cast was as you put it baltimore orioles quality then that means that the best players on the rockies are by far the best players in all of baseball to make up for that. And I don't think that that's true either. Well, but well, how do you win 91 games if you the, got the, 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 the 10 guys who are worthless? That's, that's tough where, to do. Uh, I wouldn't go that far to say they're worthless well, because the, the – I think the, I used the, the, Dan Zimborski's the, word there. Well, the sub – yeah, I don't know what he said. <laughs> I don't know what he said on Twitter or what he said about it. The, the article was sub-replacement level play added up. The word added right. up. So anything minus – Anything below zero in terms of any player that was on the field who had a below zero war and what they, what they did on the field and how much time they played for the Rockies over the last three years, that's what's added up. Right. Overall, the supporting cast war is like 26 in the league. Right. This is because, because you have positives that make up for some of those negative war players. Some of the, yeah, some so, of those middle so, guys. Um, yeah, so, so that was like 
but 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 in 2017 it was like 19. Then it dropped to 23rd. Then it dropped to something like that, and right. then 26. It's going the wrong direction. Now, that's also why what you just said is also why I think that there is some. Uh, there may be some deficiency to WRC plus and to war and to these park adjusted numbers that we currently have, which are the best we currently have. Um, I don't, I don't disagree that there, there may be something there and take that and add, add what the other, what these guys should have, all the guys that play here should have there. And then you take, and then you add that to the guys like Nolan Arenado or Trevor story. Right. And that makes them MVPs. Right. Clearly. So, um, for a team to do to win 87 games instead of maybe 83 or something like that, yeah, I can see that. For a team to win 91, that's an outlier. Last year, to win 91 over if they should have won, you know, according to the projections, like 79 or right. is it even lower. Than so that? if they do that, that if they do that, if they, if they that do to, that, hey, to, they got lucky. Why isn't yeah. it? Holy were, cow! Look at the way their best players. If and they were manager. if they were doing that, if they did that again this year, and they did it with the same cast of characters. You have that you have to start considering some of this statistically significant enough to go forward and say, now we've got a real sample of the same group doing this over and over again. Yeah. It's not been the same group. No. That's nope. the other thing. Kyle Freeland and Wade Davis forgot how to not pitch only that, the whole thing. Para's gone. Uh, cargo's gone. And and between twenty seventeen and eighteen there were a few different guys that were mixed in there to try to see the younger guys kind of started playing and we don't know what they're gonna provide necessarily. So that's kind of where these things get muddied up. And why I think the projections still are going to say, meh. I don't know. I wanna. Uh, I was gonna let you go. I was gonna wrap it up there, but I have to ask you one more because sure, you absolutely. just you just opened this up because, and I imagine you're gonna have a, a unique take on this as well. There's been a lot of talk about those two guys you just mentioned, Para and Cargo. Now, yeah. by the numbers, by your hardcore data numbers, both negative WAR players the mm -hmm. last couple of years for the Rockies, dragging the Rockies down statistically. No way to argue against that. Both of those guys. But there's a group of people, and I am among this group, that believes that if you had one of those guys in this clubhouse, and you get to spend time in the clubhouse, too, sure. so you, this is why you're so great to talk to about these issues. You understand the numbers, but you're also in the clubhouse. Right. You understand the people. Do you think that now maybe, maybe it doesn't make them a wild card team, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think it's hard to tell. Once a season starts to spin away from you, so much of it is mental. Yeah. Could they have oh, stopped absolutely. some of these horrible stretches if Baby Shark... <laughs> was still here lightening some of these guys up. I think there's something to be said about that. Um, it's such a tricky thing when it comes to clubhouse, for lack of a better term, clubhouse chemistry, because that's yeah. the word that's used. That, that word, the statisticians hate it. Hate you the have word. the 1978 Yankees who hated each other's guts. Yeah. You know, the manager and Reggie Jackson are getting into, literally getting the fist fights. Um, and they go on to the World Series or whatever. The late 70s Yankees are a good example of a team that hated, that a lot of guys hated each other, and they still were amazing. Then you have teams like, like the uh, early decade Giants of this year, which on paper they were n not supposed to make the World Series in any of those three seasons, and yet there they are, and they're winning all of them. And the, and the only Travis Ishikawa hits and stuff. Travis Ishikawa <laughs> walks it off to the World Series. Yeah. Like, I mean, stuff like that. So there's, it's, it's very tricky to figure that out, and I think it's something that we are not even close to understanding, and we can't quantify it. We can't do it statistically. Right. Um, but that being said, having been around these guys enough or the last couple of years, last four years now, I think that that would help. How much? Not enough to make them a playoff team. 
but yeah, like you said, to stop some of these slides to make them more respectable, certainly that I can see that I can see that happening if those guys are in the in the clubhouse doing what they do. Well, and here's where I, I and some of the nuance gets lost in the conversation when I push back and people say putting par on this team doesn't make them a playoff contender and it doesn't fix the pitching issues. And I was like, I agree with all of that. It's that having that guy around, like you said, helps you stop those slides and then allows the other people to take over, allows yeah. the Nolans and the Trevors and the Charlies to be the superstars. Because sure. in July when this team was losing, and we all know all, the, all three names I just mentioned are superstar major league players. Right. They were awful. They were awful in July, along with everybody else. Right. And so uh, I think that's a, and that's such a weird. And I thing. agree. Like, some of that is mental. I mean, some yeah. of that is just it weighs. It's got to weigh on you. Nolan. You know, I talked to Nolan for because I've been covering a lot of the road teams, as you know. And so the, I've been I've been on the other side a lot. Don't get much of, as much of a chance to come over here this season as compared to seasons past. I, I spoke to Nolan yesterday for the, for the first time in a long time. He seemed really upbeat. Yeah. Which was good to see for him, but it's got to weigh on you. He was hurt. His, his foot injuries. Uh, the team, he's, he just got a giant contract. He's the guy now here for the rest of his career. It's got to weigh on you when the team plays like that. So I think that's a lot of what brought him down this year, I imagine. Yeah. And, and uh, winning can turn it all around, but you're right. There's a lot of pressure on Jeff Breidich and company to see what they can do for next season. Because he's gone a certain direction. Yeah. It didn't work. Hasn't worked yet. Next year, I think, is pivotal. Yeah. Whatever happens between now and this time next year will tell us a lot, I think, about where the Rockies are going. And I think the whole question that we began with, to retool or rebuild, a lot of that's going to be determined by what's even available to yes. Jeff Breidich this offseason. If yep. he can get one person to take of one of these contracts, yeah. take a Davis or a Shaw or a McGee or a Desmond yeah. or a Murphy, then all to, of a sudden he's They'll have to eat a, a lot of money, and that's the other thing, too, is we don't know how much they're willing to eat. That can change the whole thing as well. I was looking back the last couple of years. They've gone up $5 million before that, the year when they took the leap from 2016 to 2017, yep. just jacked it up $30 million. That's, don't a, that's a Madison Bumgarner. You just don't know how ownership <laughs> is going to you know, react to this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really there are a lot of wild cards there um, that we don't we can't really we can only speculate about right. at this point. That'll be the story of the offseason. We, we have no idea. Listen, this offseason, I'm sure we'll talk a lot this offseason, but this offseason is going to be fascinating in Colorado. I mean, I was talking to somebody in the parking lot last night before, before we, uh, another reporter, before we uh, left. We were talking about this, what we're talking about on this podcast. And, and, and the last thing that I think I left with was I said, this is, it's really fascinating to cover baseball in Colorado because this is the hardest place to win. There have been s different regimes that have tried different things. Um, we've had the Blake Street Bombers. We've had guy, you know, the Dan O'Dowd years. We've had, um, you know, Todd Helton. The, those years we had the crazy run in 07 at the end of the season. Nothing has resulted in sustained winning yet. So this is yet another chapter in that in that saga. We will see what happens, and I think we'll see what happens in this next calendar year. Cool. All right. Well. You can keep paying attention. Thanks, Manny. Uh, it's bet. always fun. Always fun, man. Always good. We should disagree more. I know. <laughs> it's good stuff. Hey, and maybe next time we get together, I can convince you to come on out and, and join us. I know you've come down to Blake Street Tavern when we've done some things before. We're going to be drinking some Breckenridge Brews, the official beer of BS in Denver, down at Blake Street Tavern on August 24th. Watch party. They're going to have Broncos and Rockies going on. We're going to be having vanilla porters, oatmeal stouts, avalanche, 
amber ales, and of course, the beer of the summer, Strawberry Sky. Uh, they're going to be flowing. We're going to have tickets to give away. We're going to have shirts to give away, all kinds of fun stuff going on there. It is officially a BSN Broncos watch party, but we're crashing it. I want to see as much purple there as possible. Uh, I, I don't want to be one of only two or three people there paying attention to the Rockies game. So you guys got to come out with myself, Patrick. Maybe we can get Manny to come on down. Uh, we'll check on your schedule. And uh, we're, we're just going to have a really, really good time uh, drinking Breck Brew, watching sports, talking sports, doing all the things that sports fans love to do together. And so... If you've got a moment in your schedule, come on out and join us. If you can't make it, shoot us a couple of tweets of yourself watching the game and drinking some Breck brews so we can share it with everybody. You can feel like you're a part of it. And go over to bsndenver.com to check out the events calendar for any future events that you might be able to make. Hey, we're going to throw it to a quick break here, uh, come back on the other side of it, and wrap up this series that the Rockies have had against the Miami Marlins. As you may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins best sports bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it, and the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Welcome back into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Figured I would wrap this one up by wrapping up the series sweep. That's right. Believe it or not, it is true. Your Colorado Rockies with a 7-6 to six victory over the Miami Marlins complete a three-game sweep of the worst team in the National League. Hey, it is what it is. You take them where you can get them. And... With this uh, little four-game winning series being bookended uh, by walk-offs, the Rockies have found themselves having a little bit of fun out there on the baseball diamond. We've seen the birth of the Los Cucarachas movement. Of course, cockroaches, very difficult to kill. The Rockies holding on to some hope for themselves. you got to play for something out there, and though it's incredibly unlikely, you can't show up to the ballpark every day expecting to lose, and the Rockies aren't they're playing with passion they're playing with some joy they're playing with fun and it certainly helps when you win but that's a you know that's a chicken and an, or an egg situation where yeah it, it helps to have fun when you're winning but it also helps you to win if you're having fun and uh, the Rockies get a pretty stellar 
performance from their offense and a pretty solid performance out of Peter Lambert in the final game. Of course, as all of you know, it was nearly blown by Wade Davis, who blew his third save on the season, gave up three runs without retiring a man in the ninth inning. Uh, it was a difficult uh, <laughs> to watch for sure, given that uh, the only reason he was back in the closer's role is because now Scott Oberg, it looks like, will be out for the remainder of the season with that blood clot issue. Obviously, that's a, a more human. You just want uh, Oberg to be back and healthy as soon as he can be. But uh, th that's not going to be till next year. And, I, and it's... You know, arguable whether or not the Rockies should have put Davis right back into that role. I completely understand why they did. I understand why people are frustrated that they did with his numbers at Coors Field and with his history there. And not only that, not even to be entirely negative about Davis, but why some people in his favor might be saying he'd been pitching well in the in the non-ninth inning role. So why not just leave him uh, where he was doing well? But I do understand with his resume, with him being the next man down on the totem pole, that uh, and even with the concept of if he could, can string together, uh, maybe I should use the word at this point, could. I, I don't know uh, what the plan is moving forward here with Wade Davis. The fact that Estevez has thrown so many pitches in the last couple of days and been pretty good uh, suggests to me that he's unlikely to get a save situation should one uh, crop up tonight. But I will say that... Uh, I understand, you know, if Davis could have built on the positive momentum he was making not closing games and finished really strong, that makes it much, much more likely that the Rockies could get something for him in the offseason. And as much as it's frustrating when it goes the other way, if you lose these ball games, it really doesn't change your future prospects all that much. As it turned out, the Rockies were able to come back, get the win on the walk-off flare to left field by Garrett Hampson. Uh, the Marlins playing five guys on the infield, so they uh, only had two in the outfield there. And so it was a little bit of luck. It might not have been deep enough to score the run. Uh, they may have tagged and gone there. Who knows? We'll never know. That's part of baseball. But on the other hand, it's not entirely luck either when you know there's only two guys in the outfield. I think Garrett Hampson's purposefully trying to get the ball in the air and did the right thing there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, a solid performance out of Peter Lambert. Six innings, six hits, three earned runs. The first one came on the first uh, two batters of the game. He really just didn't have his command. I asked him about that after the game, and he said it was weird. It wasn't even really a mechanical adjustment or anything. He was just spraying the ball a little bit early on. He wasn't getting it where he wanted to. He locked in by the end of the inning. He was striking out Prado looking on a perfectly located fastball at the knees, and so it just took him a second to get locked in. Uh, he was a run behind by the time that happened, uh, but the Rockies uh, were eventually uh, able to come back and uh, make oh I'm sorry no they, they tied it up right away that's right on the home run from Nolan Arenado his first of two in the game he looks much much better at the plate too that's been the other big story of the homestand and yes you can look at uh, you know certain opponents and pitchers and uh, what's going on out there in terms of all of that but ultimately baseball is still a game of execution it's not easy to do anything 
and you still have to hit mistakes, you still have to execute your swing, you still have to execute your pitches. Arenado had not been doing that as much lately, and he is now. That can carry forward against better competition if he can continue to do it. And the, the Rockies continue to play the role of hanging in there. As I tweeted out the Monty Python, they're not dead yet, and, and they, you know, they're just not going to lay down and let it happen. They're going to continue to try to win baseball games uh, i thought we saw some more good stuff behind the dish from dom nunez i've got an article coming out soon i talked to him and i talked to bud black about his growth as a receiving catcher that should be a really fun one to write and it should hopefully be a really fun one to read so make sure you're subscribed to bsndenver.com uh, so you can read all about that uh, another base hit for Rymal Tapia, who's hitting uh, 351, I believe it is, since the All-Star break. Uh, continues to look locked in at the plate. Drew another walk. Who knew? Uh, you know, if he can make that a little bit more a part of his game, he's never going to be a guy who walks a lot. But if he can take them when they're there, then it certainly makes him that much more dangerous. He's hitting 288 on the season absolutely acceptable but for a guy who doesn't have a ton of power and doesn't walk and, and does make some of these other mistakes you've got to see that come up he's really got to be at least a 290 hitter in major league baseball if he's not going to tighten those other things up though he, he really should tighten those other things up uh, and again your boy ryan mcmahon uh, continues to to look pretty good gets a base hit in the game, takes a walk, does have a couple of strikeouts, but continues to look like he absolutely belongs at the major league level. Uh, Carlos Estevez does ultimately end up pitching two innings and getting the win. As I said, he's probably not available to go in the first game uh, at Arizona. Uh, Jairo Diaz did give up a couple of base hits, but was able to use his swing and miss stuff to get away from it. And uh, Brian Shaw pitched another inning and got a couple of strikeouts in there as well. Uh, ultimately, a good, hard battle, hard fought win. You know, that ninth inning where Davis blows it and the Rockies come back and just kind of scratch some stuff out. Uh, that's something we really hadn't seen all year. And even the little bits of luck that went their way, you just wonder if they could have gotten those at a few other key moments throughout the season, how differently th some things might have gone but you know in some ways even the ball that charlie hit there in the ninth inning was not especially well struck the sack fly that trevor story got like off the end of the bat but again he's doing the right thing to get the ball in the air there but how many times this season have we seen situations where if they could have just gotten the ball in the air there then they could have gotten a tying run in or a potential winning run in throughout the season how many games have they lost because they haven't been able to do those little things that don't necessarily mean a scorcher in the gap or a towering moonshot home run that are sometimes just those little moments uh, ian desmond drawing the walk to start the thing off you know, there, there were a lot of little moments in that ninth inning two-run comeback to force the game into extras uh, that were the exact kind of thing the Rockies just haven't been doing against anybody this season. Uh, so, again, some encouraging stuff for people that are still looking for encouraging things. But the more big-picture stuff continues to be Tapia, Lambert, McMahon, Diaz, Estevez, these young players, Nunez, absolutely, uh, and, and what they can bring to the picture as the team moves forward. Uh, say it was the Marlins all you like. Sweeping is better than getting swept. 
the Rockies, you know, I think if they can go into September still mathematically in it, they can hold their heads high a little bit here and try to go on a run to keep their fans interested. And, and, and that's, you know, their worst thing in the things in the world than hanging around. Uh, crazy things happen in the game of baseball. Hang around, see what happens next. Uh, and off they go so thank you all for listening into this one thanks again to manny rendawa for bringing a a new perspective here that uh, you know he's not quite as high in the colorado rockies as i am and i think it's worth it for everybody to hear uh, those kinds of perspectives as well and uh oh yeah and it's a players weekend stuff so let us know what you think about all of that stuff either on the website remember that's the best way to make sure that your comment or question is read is to leave us one on bsndenver.com on either the most recent podcast or article that's gone up there or you can try emailing me drew at bsndenver.com or hitting us up on twitter uh, at bsn rockies at drew creaseman at patrick d lyons also give us a like share and subscribe on facebook whatever podcast app you happen to be using a little five star review or a little one sentence review always helps out and we super duper appreciate it if you haven't gotten a new shirt yet especially if you're a college person uh, a fan of either cu or csu make sure you head over to bsndenvermerch.com check out all the new stuff Thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.